Welcome to the oh, hey there. podcast episode 10, the Jimmy Garoppolo episode, which is fitting for what we're about to get into anyways. Uh, the 49ers are 2-0. They head back to Santa Clara after a long East Coast road trip. Uh, they are 2-0 and headed back to Santa Clara to face the Green Bay Packers, who, by the time you're listening to this, uh, beat up on the Detroit Lions. Aaron Jones had a monster day for my fantasy team and won me my week. Thank you, Mr. Jones. Um, but good news is Niners are 2-0. Again, you know, last time they were 2-0, they went to the Super Bowl. That was 2019. Uh, Leo, what is up with you, my friend? It is late as always. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> Man, so as, if this is episode Jimmy Garoppolo, that means our producer Rob is going to go ahead and, and take my replacement here pretty soon. Uh, but hopefully I give the podcast the best chance to win to where I could still sit here for a little longer. And if we're talking fantasy, this year I ran with one team. I've, I've kind of gotten out of the fantasy loop. Uh, so I do have one team, and on that one team I have Derrick Henry. So, yes, it, that was an automatic <laughs> win for me. The guy went off in Seattle. Thank God. Help, helped me fantasy-wise and also helped my 49ers fandom. So uh, you, you brought up Seattle. Seattle is the only team to lose in the NFC West this weekend. That is a plus. Niners are 2-0. and um, and the rest of the NFC West is 2-0 except for Seattle. So that is a plus there. With the win, San Francisco, you know, they are 6-0 and on these road trips now after saying back-to-back East Coast trips the last three years. Niners are 2-0. and Seattle's in last place. That is a plus for today. Or there's a plus for this week until we see what happens on Sunday Night Football. The 49ers are going to play the Green Bay Packers. Um, 49ers do win in Philadelphia 17-11. to a hard-nosed, tougher-than-it-needed-to-be game because as we are recording, I'm watching this game tape and I'm thoroughly disgusted with the quarterback play. Ooh, man, we're going to pull that on episode Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, that's what I, when I was driving home from work when we when I called you, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, man, you know, Rob on the post-game show asked us what grade would give Jimmy Garoppolo, and I gave him a C-plus, right? And I gave him, what, a 76, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to drop that grade to a C minus. This is a 71, 72 performance because there's times in this game, Kyle Shanahan dials it up, Mm -hmm. cover two beaters, cover three beaters, and Jimmy cannot hit these throws. And these are the NFL type of throws that a $26 million quarterback should be making consistently. Right. And by when I mean consistently six out of 10, seven out of 10, like those Mm -hmm. are the throws you have to make. And he's hitting them two or three times out of 10. And that's not going to get the job done against better teams. Luckily, Jalen Hurts is not that much better of a quarterback. Otherwise, the Niners may have lost this game because we had very poor, 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 poor quarterback play from Jimmy Garoppolo. Outside of two drives and two big boy throws that he made, everything else was screens, super short. He completed three passes over 10 yards, the longest being 26 to Debo, which netted 40 yards total. Outside of that, the rest were 15 or less. That is unacceptable, especially against a defense like the, the Philadelphia Eagles on the back end that could not hang with George, Debo, Ayuk, or Sherfield in coverage. I'm thoroughly disgusted right now. They ran the ball on a third and six. That's all you need to know. That's all. That's like the Eagles even had a had a gimme interception. That when he overshot Ayuk for his first target of the season, that was a give me interception. But luckily, the Eagles couldn't come down with it. And with the with the C plus, uh, I'm I'm just gonna stay. I get I gave Jimmy Garoppolo the C plus as well. I'm just gonna stick to it uh, because I haven't rewatched the film. But money aside, twenty seven million dollars aside, let's just ignore his his cap hit, his salary for the season. With that play that we saw, is that good enough to keep the third overall pick on the bench? If he's ready or not, is that good enough? I know my answer. My answer is no. That's not good enough to keep the third overall pick on the bench. How how did Kyle open up the game? Basically with with two screen passes. Uh, Those were Jimmy's uh, first two, first three passes of the game. Screen passes. You're telling me you can't give Trey Lance those same Jimmy gimmies? I am confident he can. 
So with this passing attack, the way it is, not much downfield, running game wasn't working, so you didn't really need play action much. Yes, he did have the shot to Debo Samuel in zone coverage where he split the defenders and put the ball in a place where Debo Samuel could go ahead and run with it. Um, that was fantastic. Can Trey Lance make that throw? I don't know. Um, but a lot of the stuff that Jimmy Garoppolo did yesterday, uh, I, I would have liked to seen Trey Lance do it. Until then, we're kind of just waiting because this team is 2-0. And the way the Green Bay Packers started Monday night's football game, there, there's a very good chance that they'll lose to the 49ers. Um, it wasn't until the second half that they were able to put things together and, and look like the Green Bay Packers everyone thought they were. But then you also got to subtract that those are the Detroit Lions. So there's a high chance Jimmy Garoppolo goes 3-0 with this team. And if he does, it's kind of hard to move on with it because yeah. um, the team's winning. And what I would like to avoid most as possible is a Miami Dolphins situation like they did with Tua and Fitzpatrick last season to where all of a sudden there were situations where the Dolphins took out Tua and put in Fitzpatrick because they felt Mm -hmm. uh, Fitzpatrick gave them the better chance to win in certain scenarios. The only difference with that is Fitzpatrick has a deep ball. Fitzpatrick can air it out. It may not be an Aaron Rodgers deep ball or, or Matthew Stafford deep ball, but he does have those deep shots that Tua didn't offer. That's the reason why they did that with the 49ers. When we're looking at a deep threat as far as a quarterback, that's Trey Lance, not Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's it's not the same situation. I just don't like to mess with that territory. If the 49ers are, say, 3-0, 4-0, or even 5-0 to, to make a switch at quarterback, it's got to it's gotta if he looks like this against the Green Bay Packers, then it's it's what are we doing here? Yeah, this is not good enough to bench the third overall pick. It's not. It's not. I don't. You know. I think what's keeping Lance at bay is probably situational football because we know talent wise, these two are on two different platforms, right? Trey is obviously far more talented and gifted, and Jimmy has the experience in these game in game situations. But we spoke about it enough. To where it's like, you're not going to get this kidney, you know, how do you get experience? You have to play, you know, and I, I is part of me playbook? is to believe that, is it the playbook yeah. that he needs to learn? I don't even think it's the playbook that he needs to learn because he Kyle's admitted that he's given him a full install. He knows the playbook. So it's and each week, he needs to learn. Yeah. And each how does he week, learn that? <laughs> yeah. How does he learn that by sitting on the bench? And each week, Kyle is game plan specific. So he's going to put in stuff for each week. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan's comments today, I'm going to read them off here. He says, you don't really make a decision based off your team of just putting a guy in totally just for how that is for him in the future. That would be irresponsible to everybody else in the room. You do it if it gives you a chance based off what's going on in the game and that game only. In the meantime, yeah, it's nice for that guy to get out there, but if it wasn't because Trey is bringing a different element that we thought could help us out against something that we're going against. There's no other reason that we would do that. To me, my theory on all this is Kyle was Kyle never wanted a rookie QB because he wouldn't be able to develop him properly. Um, couldn't trade Jimmy. Now it's letting now it's hurting the development of your young quarterback. Right? You have this. We've talked about with Steve Young. You know, Jimmy has this locker room. He probably has this pocket of the locker room, and Trey has his pocket over here, and it's just the optics of the game, right? We're watching this game on Sunday. Um, We'll get to this Albert Breer, Albert Breer comment right now. Let's see what Albert Breer had to say on Sunday. Trey Lance did not play. Mm -hmm. Was that by design? I think it was a close game. Um, You know, and and I think more competitive than some people thought it would be. I also think that the opponent's always going to play into this, Dan. And um, part of it with the Eagles, there's not a lot of, you know, there's not like a really a book written on that coaching staff right now. And so not only do you have a new head coach in Nick Sirianni, you got a new defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, who'd only coached one game. And he's got one of the best defensive lines in football is aging a little bit. And I know Brandon Graham got hurt in game yesterday, but I mean, that's still one of the best defensive lines in football. And so, you know, I think so much of getting um, Trey Lance in there in spots is about making him comfortable, right? And, like, let's slowly ramp him up. It's actually what the Niners did with Colin Kaepernick all those years ago playing behind Alex Smith. 
And so, you know, if you think that it's a disadvantageous situation for the young guy, you're not going to put him out there. And I think it's also a sign. Um, and I know people don't believe the Niners when they say this, but I think it's a sign that they do have confidence. One healthy Jimmy Garoppolo can get the job done for him. And, um, you know, I know Jimmy feels more comfortable in, in Kyle's offense than he ever has before. And he feels like he's playing his best ball. And so yesterday was just about winning that game. And, um, you know, like that's what Kyle's maintained. Each one of these things is going to be about is, is just winning that game. And they didn't need trade trade to win the game yesterday. And they fit, they felt like, maybe the, the spot wasn't a great one for a young guy to get thrown out in. Um, <clears throat> I'm not buying what Breer's selling. I'm not buying what Kyle is selling. I'm not buying any bit of this. Mayoko had something to say earlier today on KMBR, but I, you know, from what I took away from that is, to me, this is an optic thing, right? Jimmy started off fine in rhythm against Detroit. Um, and you got Lance in there, right? You got Lance in there. And then Lance scores that touchdown. Jimmy goes on KMBR the next day, basically says, yeah, that was tough for me to, to watch that touchdown being sniped for me. Guys have my back in this locker room, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He goes into Philly struggles. Kyle basically forces him to work through those struggles because if you put Lance in early on in that game after the three, three and outs, it could potentially look like a benching, right? It could potentially look as, hey, Kyle needs a spark. He's going to the rookie we have to do this. And then you're going to put Jimmy Garoppolo in there. If you have two quarterbacks, you have, you don't have one. And that's where we are right now with this team. Um, Jimmy was atrocious yesterday outside of two drives. And I I'm, that's where I'm at now. I'm, I'm tired of watching Jimmy Garoppolo play football or play quarterback for this team. Yeah. Look, and I'm not, I don't want to slander the guy too much, but it's, it's so frustrating to watch Kyle scheme up wide open pass after pass. And he's missing consistently. Look, we're not trying to like say this is the bench Jimmy Garoppolo episode after a win. This is not what we're saying. What we're saying is there should be a certain standard when you are starting over the third overall pick. And when that standard is not met in a win or loss, there should be criticism. Because eventually you're going to reach a point to where that standard is not met and instead of a win against a Jalen Hurts Eagles team, it's going to end up being a loss. This Does yesterday's performance beat the Rams, beat the Seahawks, or beat the Cardinals? I will go on record and say no. Jimmy Garoppolo with yesterday's performance does not beat either of those three teams. Hell, in 2019, as a 13-3 team, Jimmy Garoppolo had a ball out just to beat the Cardinals that year. He didn't play like yesterday's game or Sunday's game and beat the the Cardinals like that in 2019. No, he had a throw for over 300 both times. Because remember, on Halloween, the 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 Cardinals almost came back on that Thursday night football game, and the 49ers were able to hold the lead and, and beat off the Eagles. It was a third down conversion by Ross Dwelly that sealed it. In 2000, or in the in a couple weeks after that same year, 2019, the 49ers had to come back down 17-0 and win that game. So Jimmy Garoppolo went to another level on both of those games and beat them. That's the standard I want from Jimmy Garoppolo if he's going to be starting over Trey Lance, is those two games against the Cardinals, against weaker opponents. The Eagles are a weaker opponent. What you saw against the Falcons, it's the dang Falcons. Look how bad they were against the against the Buccaneers. So that's the Falcons. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo should have ran all, or not run, but you know what I mean. Like he should have went up and down the field with his defense, just mopped him off the field. Uh, instead, it wasn't that. It had trouble completing a, a screen pass to Juszczyk and almost hit him in the shin on that. And Juszczyk had to adjust on it and unfortunately couldn't come up with it. There's a certain standard that is held to when you are starting over Trey Lance, and that's the situation the 49ers put themselves in when they made this decision to go ahead and trade up for Trey Lance and keep Jimmy Garoppolo on the team. And I don't buy the whole, what is Trey Lance going to you know give you? Uh, he wasn't needed. Are you kidding me? The 49ers couldn't figure out the run game early. They couldn't pass early. 
You're telling me the 49ers can't put Trey Lance behind center and run some RPOs or run some quarterback running back options against this defensive line that's just crashing down on you? You're telling me Trey Lance can't just pull the ball back into his chest and run off for 10 yards? Yes, I absolutely do do believe he could have done that against this Eagles game and could have gave him that spark. But this is what Javi's saying. If they do that with Trey Lance, what message or what notation does that create for this 49ers quarterback controversy? Everyone sees that Trey Lance had to come in and give this offense a spark. Now people are banging the fist for Trey Lance. Now, if Mm -hmm. that happens, how many more or how louder do those banks get? It's going to get really loud. And this next three games is going to be very, very telling on what the direction of this 49ers team is going to be. Green Bay, regardless of what they showed week one, they're still a really high-powered offense, right? They just dropped 35 on the Lions, you know, and they didn't – the Lions didn't come back on them, right? Um, And people have to respect Aaron Rodgers' deep ball and his other ball placement all around the field. Did they bench their secondary? No, they didn't bench their secondary. I don't think they did. Well, their probably, secondary is not there. Probably, begin probably with, why but, the Lions didn't come back. Yeah. So, they, I mean, there's just – look, Jimmy Garoppolo wins a lot of games. Awesome. Great. We get it. QB wins, all that other stuff. You know, the standard shouldn't be Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard. But the standard should be, hey, listen, if you're, you're getting paid, he has the highest salary this year of any quarterback, guaranteed salary of any quarterback. We need better from him, right? There's a play in the second quarter with nine minutes to go. Kyle calls the perfect cover two beater to Sherfield. Jimmy can't hit the throw. Why? Because he doesn't set his feet. He had plenty of time. There's literally no pressure in his face. Air mails a ball. It's first and 25. Now you're second and 25. You played behind the chains so many times in this game. It just continuously adds up, and it's got to be frustrating for Kyle. We saw this last year. We saw it in 2019. We saw it in 2018, and he's never really been consistent at doing high-level quarterback stuff in the past game since he's been here. So at this point, I'm just ready to rip this Band-Aid off and let's go with Trey Lance. Outside of the quarterback play, people who deserve a lot of credit for that win, Jimmy Ward, Kwaski Tart, D'Amador Lenore, um, Nick Debo Bosa, Samuel, Debo Samuel, uh, Nick Bose had himself a hell of a game, Eric Armstead again with another um, really good pressure day. Guys who don't get their name called a lot, Jimmy Ward and Kwaski Tart had hell of games. I, I think those two should be applauded after their performance yesterday. Absolutely. Jimmy Ward in two games this season has been targeted once, gave up zero receptions for zero yards in two games this season. Jimmy, we could, we're all in the back of our head going to have the missed tackle in open space against DeAndre Swift. Uh, I get that. But don't let that one play create a narrative for Jimmy Ward in the 2021 season. Jimmy Ward is playing at a phenomenal level. Same thing with Kwaski Tart. He did struggle a little bit against Hawkinson in week one. Guess what? It's freaking Hawkinson. He went off again tonight. He's a really good tight end. And that was Kwaski's first game back from his injury. Once again, Oakland is is or Las Vegas. Las Vegas doesn't provide the pressure that a Goff and, and Hawkinson duo would have been since they had, what, Peterman as their quarterback there in that third preseason game. So it wasn't like a true rep for Kwaski. Um, but now against the Eagles, he looked a lot better. And guess what? The Eagles have some pretty good tight ends, two of them, with Goddard and Ertz. And he still looked really well, held his own. And these guys, and Kwaski, more than coverage, that guy's a run filler, man. He's a run filler. Nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. That guy knows how to shoot shoot the gap and, and disrupt running plays. Kroski had a hell of a game. Jimmy Ward made the, the, the game-saving play to me on that third down goal line stop. You know, without him making that play, yeah. who knows? Like it could be 10-0 in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and now you're playing from behind. This 49ers team is not built to play from mm-hmm. behind right now, especially after the performance we had from our – Quarterback or the Niners running down Quez Watkins on the yeah, 91 yard pass. Exactly. Kwaski had to run down and, and get him. Yeah. Kwaski, Kwaski and Tart, man, those two, they don't get enough credit for their play. And I think they, they, they need to get much more recognition. Jimmy Ward is a top 10 safety in this league. 
And if Kwaski could, you know, stay healthy for a full 16 games, he'd probably be in the same conversation as a top eight, top 10 safety because they, those two, uh, can do both. They both can play strong or free. They both can play man on man coverage. They can play zone coverage. They play the ball well in the air. Yes, there's interception stats aren't very high, but they're not asked to do those things. But what they are asked to do, they do them well. The rest of the game, what's fr- uh, Raheem Mostert is severely missed in this offense, and we saw that early on. Yes. There is no real outside zone threat from Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon. To Michael Hasty, everything's kind of have to be between the tackle and the guards, um, and or up the middle right now until they figure something out. The Niners made a really good adjustment, or Kyle Shanahan made a really great adjustment of going away from handoffs and going to tosses, and that that kind of helps slow down the pass rush and just the run defense. The Eagles sold out on the run all game because they were daring Jimmy Garoppolo to throw, and that is an ind- that's an indictment on our quarterback. Right? Teams don't respect your your ability to throw the ball, they're going to they're gonna commit to stopping the run, and they're going to dare you to throw. And it's, you know, shades of the Super Bowl to me when I was watching that game and re-watching the tape. It's like eight, nine-man fronts. We dare you to throw the ball downfield. We know you can't. We know you can't complete this. Outside of the two throws, like I said, it was a very tough sledding for the offense. Raheem Mostert opens everything up for the middle of the field for the 49ers, you know, because he, he gives you that outside zone stretch on both sides of the ball or both sides of the line. So when they run those boot actions on the backside, when they flip it, you know, you have Kittle going wide open across the field or Debo across the field wide open, or you can throw that, you know, that deep route out, out the back door, or you have the wide leak, or you have something else there because of the ability to run the ball so effectively. The Niners just have to figure, they, they have to, they have to figure out another way to make this offense be more efficient and more effective. And also what doesn't get recognized with Raheem Moster is he's one of the best running backs when it comes to pass protection. So if you are running some type of um, play-action pass, you're able to have Raheem Moster potentially step up and, and help someone out with their block, with their pass protection, or, or maybe pick up a, an extra blitzer himself. Uh, so that's something Raheem Mostert's really good at and it's going to be tough, man. It's uh, I saw Elijah Mitchell towards the end of the Detroit game. It looked like he – I didn't know if he was getting tired or if Detroit was just selling out. Um, and then this game against the Eagles, it was kind of the same thing where the yards per carry weren't really there. So basically for the last six quarters, it's it's been really tough running the ball for the 49ers. And it's something that I do expect to get better when they do take on the Green Bay Packers. I expect a – maybe a four and a half yards per carry clip against that Packers team, but it, it needs to be consistent for this offense to work as long as Jimmy Garoppolo's behind center. I don't know how much longer he needs to be behind center. Go scream at a cloud, Javi. Come on, go touch some it's, grass. Go touch so some grass. Man. Look, they're two, they're two go, and oh, Go right? take the boys out for a movie, man. <laughs> the, the good thing is they're two and oh. My, my frustration is this offense is so limited because of the quarterback. And it's like, my fear is, anyone watch Seattle, the Rams, the Cardinals? Are we going to be able to match points with these guys? Right? Defensively, we should be okay. Right? But I'm not there yet with Lenore or Norman or Mosley to cover Cup, Woods, DK, Lockett, Hopkins. Now Rondell Moore is running all over the damn place in Arizona. Right, so you you get concerned because those teams can score in two, three, four, five plays, where we may have to meticulously go down the field twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen plays, which is fine. You're killing the clock. You're kind of limiting possessions. But if a team can score that fast and we can't, that's a concern too. Because if you need something late in the game on a two minute drill, or you need something where you know it's forty five seconds left in the half or forty five seconds left at the end of the game. Can we execute those large chunk plays and get explosives? Because we're not getting explosives right now. We didn't have we had a couple of explosives versus, versus Detroit, and Detroit's just not very good. Philadelphia again, their defensive line is pretty good, and we lacked explosives outside of the two plays to Debo and the one run to Hasty for twenty three yards. But that's not enough. The Niners would you know average what five, six, seven explosive plays in twenty nineteen because they were. To me, they were better in 2019 on offense as they, than they are right now, currently. Four targets for George Kittle, that's unacceptable. 
two targets for Ayuk, unacceptable, unacceptable. It's just very, very frustrating to watch this offense sputter the way it is because of the quarterback play. The offensive line allowed, what, seven pressures through two games? Isn't that the number? Yeah, the 49ers have the best pass-blocking group in all of the NFL. They are number one. Let me go ahead and put a... So as far as offensive line pass-block efficiency, which uh, this is graded by PFF, number one is the 49ers. They are the number one pass-blocking fishing team in the NFL at 94.2. Buccaneers are second at a 91.7. And Washington football team at 90.7. So this this team is is doing they're doing a great job uh protecting Jimmy Garoppolo back there like it, it, if it takes Debo Samuel to have those yards after the catch to, to make the explosive play happen i got okay i'm for it as as long as it's moving the ball they're getting the big chunks 49ers are winning it, it it may not be pretty from the quarterback perspective but i'm i'm always going to you know go for the win first uh but what would does scare me with that method is what happens when they play Jalen Ramsey? The, mm-hmm. Does do does uh, Los Angeles decide to have Jalen Ramsey trail or shadow Brandon Ayuk, all or excuse me, Debo Samuel all game long? Because guess what? If Jalen Ramsey does that, Debo shouldn't get any targets that game. And now you're forcing Jimmy Garoppolo to, to throw to Ayuk, who he's been reluctant to throw to all season long. And the two times that he has thrown to him this season, it was not pretty. Once again, the first time he threw to Ayuk this year, it was airmail over Ayuk's head for an almost interception if the Eagles held on to it. And then the second attempt to Brandon Ayuk, it was on a third down conversion, and Brandon Ayuk had to use his stretched out Megatron reach radius uh, to go ahead and reel that in. It was a great catch. It was, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo did put it in a place where no one else could get it, but it was literally almost a place where not even Brandon Ayuk can get it. And he made a hell of a catch for someone that has not seen the ball for two weeks, basically. So, you know, that, that's a big clutch. That's a clutch moment for Brandon Ayuk. And like you said, preseason, he did drop a couple in the preseason. So if that catch doesn't show me that Brandon Ayuk should get the ball more, then I don't know what to tell you because that was a hell of a clutch play and a third down conversion from Brandon Ayuk. Just give Ayuk the ball. I'm watching this tape. He's clear. The defenses are respecting Ayuk because he's getting safety help over the top. He's getting, he's carrying the corner and the safety with him across the field, allowing Debo to get open a lot of these on these clear outs. This whole Ayuk, Jimmy, Kyle love triangle is starting to get on my nerves at this point. And I don't, I'm not buying for a second that it was a hamstring issue. I'm not buying for a second that it was a practice problem. There is an issue with this team and it's probably at the quarterback position. And I think it's pretty clear what the issue is with some of the receivers, some of the players on this team and where they are on either side. And I'm not trying to be Mr. Conspiracy. I just, you're watching this game. You're doing a whole bunch of other stuff. It, it's yeah. It's mind boggling for me. It's, I don't, I don't get why this guy's not getting the ball. Um, and just something tells me it cannot be a Kyle Eagle thing. No way it, Kyle's ego is getting in front of him that much to not design these targets to Brandon Ayuk. Because if it's an a Kyle ego thing, then I think his ego would make him start Trey Lance. So I, what I do think is Kyle's doing what the what gives this team the best chance of win. I don't think he's putting himself over the team. So I don't think it's a doghouse thing. It just might be a connection issue. They may... Jimmy Garoppolo and Brandon Ayuk could have a weak Wi-Fi signal. I fixed mine, by the way. I got these uh, Wi-Fi extenders in the house now, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, the Niners play the Packers on uh, on Sunday Night Football. So first game at Levi Stadium since the NFC Championship game against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I fully expect a packed house, an electric atmosphere. 49ers should come out victorious in this game. After all... What we just said here, I, I still think the Niners can beat this team. Um, let's get into our usual segment here. We're going to try to keep this pod short for our host or our uh, boss, Rob, here. He said no more 90 minutes, so let's get to this 35, 45 minutes. Um, buy, walk off, release. Leo, right. start it off, buddy. 
Yeah, so I'm I, I know the first time we did this, we said like say buy was the three year cycle. You wanted to keep a player, lease was just you're buying in for the one year. Walking off obviously means you're walking off. But now since we're in week two of the season, uh I'm I wanna change the curve a little bit. Buying means you expect to do to be uh, a con- top tier contributor of the team um, or you're buying into a certain rumor that you do think it's possibly true like this Kyle and uh, you doghouse or um, leasing means you're just tabling that discussion you're 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 t- you're you're not ready to buy yet you're not ready to walk off the lot so you're leasing it instead you're you're kind of in the middle you're not in the marriage you're just you're just dating um, and then walk off doesn't need an explanation at this point. Mm-hmm. So let, let's talk about the pass block efficiency for the 49ers. Do you think this is something that they can man- maintain all year? Considering last year it was awful, this year it looks, looks like a completely different story. A lot of that's contributed to Alex Mack. A lot of that's contributed to Mike McGlinchey playing a lot better. I don't think Brent Skill had a good game against the Eagles. Uh, some say, rewatching the film, the All-22, that it does look better than – and then watching it live, um, were, do you think they can maintain a top seed, a top tier? I'm going to say top three uh, pass block efficiency for the entire season. I'm not buying that they will maintain that level because I, I hate the pass block win rate stat itself. It, it's it's measured at 2.5 seconds. That's how they measure it, 2.5 seconds. So that, that, that means every pass play is measured on the same scale. So that that stat is kind of it's really hard to gauge that. What I will buy though is Alex Mack and Mike McGlinchey being Alex Mack being a very very important part of this offensive line and their pass protection, and McGlinchey gaining whatever it was thirty forty pounds. He looks much better in pass protection. I think he's allowed two pressures in two games, zero sacks. This offensive line is going to probably be a top ten unit. I don't know about top five. So I mean, I guess I'm buying what they're selling on this one. Buy it, just buy it. Come on, just buy it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna you know buy what? it. Yeah, we'll we'll take care of the the tags for this year. Um, don't worry about that. We'll we'll pay the registration. Just 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 buy it, please. Yeah, I'm buying. I'll buy it. I'm buying. Perfect. Let's let's talk about the wide receiver. Not Brandon Ayuk. Debo Samuel. No 49ers wide receiver has had a thousand yard season since Anquan Bolden and it feels like Anquan Bolden has been out of the league for about three years now and when he did get out of the league he wasn't for the 49ers so he's been out of the league for some time and he's been away from the 49ers for some time do you buy that Debo Samuel's going to be the first wide receiver since Anquan Bolden to reach that thousand yard mark absolutely without question he's already at what 283 currently 282 282 with one touchdown yeah, 282 in two games, you know, he's on pace. You know, he's on pace for, what, 12, 13, 1400 yards. So, yeah, he's definitely getting 1,000 yards. Uh, he was nearly a 1,000-yard receiver his rookie year, and he missed, like, two games. So, yes, I am absolutely buying Debo Samuel as a 1,000-yard receiver this year. Yeah, I'm going to buy that as well. It's just when you get off to a start and essentially have 300 receiving yards in your first two games – we're talking. There's an extra game this year as well uh, exactly. that we're, we're not mentioning into it. So, yeah. But I will say, based off this start, Brian or Debo Samuel is going to be the first 49ers wide receiver to reach a thousand yards in the 16 game span. Um, so I think he even re- doesn't even need game 17 to reach that thousand yard mark. Elijah Mitchell, he he looked good against the Detroit Lions early struggled against the Eagles. It had a little shoulder issue in that game as well. So on this season, he does have 146 yards on 36 carries. Yet the yards per attempt is at a 4.1 clip. Are you buying that the 49ers could have success on the ground game if Elijah Mitchell is their bell cow? I am not buying it. I am leasing this. The Niners are probably going to be adding another running back. or they're, This is who they are, right? This is Kyle Shanahan. This is the Shanahan tree outside of McVay and, and um, LaFleur, who've had steady running back play with, you know, Gurley and Aaron Jones and 
Henderson and things like that. But then Kyle is, you know, he's he's running through running backs like he changes underwear. You know, everyone's getting hurt or guys are going to be he plays a hot hand and that's fine. You know, great. Can they have success with Elijah Mitchell? Yes. Will he be the bell cow? Absolutely not, because you saw him kind of get worn down against the Eagles. That was a tough game for anybody, especially in the run game. But, you know, he's, he has 36 carries for 146 yards. You can see the teams are going to sell out to stop the run, right? And the, this is a direct this is a, a direct um, correlation with the quarterback play. Like, they're gonna like, okay, you want to run the ball. We know that. They're going to run the ball 38 times like they did the, uh, against, on, against the Eagles on Sunday. Teams are going to try to stack that, and they're trying to stop that. And the Niners are going to need to obviously not give all 38 snaps to Elijah or Hasty or Sermon. They're going to rotate these guys out. So, no, um, they can be successful. I don't know how successful they will be, but I'm not buying Elijah Mitchell as the bell cow. I, I would lease him this year as a guy who probably gives you four or five games that are really, really good, and then the other ones are just productive or just, you know, sure-handed type running back game. You know, he had – uh, 17 attempts for 42 yards. So if he gives you 17 attempts without a fumble and he's giving you some hard yards, you can live with that. Bold prediction here. I think on Johnson will be the next Kyle Shanahan running back to reach 100 yards in a single game. I think on Johnson will be the next guy to do that. And I wouldn't be shocked if on Johnson got an opportunity against the Green Bay Packers. And we've seen what the 49ers ground game has done to the Re- Green Bay Packers over recent years. I, I just think Kerryon Johnson's, you know, a talented player uh, when healthy. And as of right now, it does sound like he is healthy. Now, buy, lease, or walk off. Brandon Ayuk is going to become a contributor to this offense, and he's not going to be in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse for so long. Last, He did out-snap Trent Sherfield last game game against the Eagles. Sherfield had 24 snaps and Brandon Ayuk had 38. So Brandon Ayuk had the edge of 14, yet seems like his target share is nowhere near that it will be. Are you buying or selling that that target share is going to change and he's not going to continue to get the lack of production that he has been so far? I'm going to buy that Ayuk is going to be a part of this offense. He's going to be... You're not going to sell on this kid. You traded up for him. He's a former first round pick. You saw the flashes. This is not a Dante Pettis situation. This is a completely different situation. And if it has to do with the quarterback and there's a disagreement in the locker room between certain players who want Lance in and certain players who want Jimmy in, this might be part of that issue, right? Hamstring. We talked about this. He had 26 uh, offensive snaps versus Detroit. Then he's returning punts against uh, Philadelphia. He outsnapped Sherfield, returned a punt. It's not an injury thing. It's not. We, we saw the great catch that he made that Jimmy threw a terrible ball on. Saved his ass on that one. Um, I'm buying Ayuk being a contributor going forward. They have to use their best players. Again, two targets for Ayuk, four targets for Kittle. Unacceptable. Ayuk is going to be a part of this offense. I'm buying all that stock. With the rest of this division... Basically, 2-0 besides the Seattle Seahawks. You have the Rams, who look good, who have two quality wins. You have Arizona, to where they have one quality win, but had a tough test against the Minnesota Vikings. With what we saw Sunday with Jimmy Garoppolo, are you buying, leasing, or, or walking that with Jimmy Garoppolo starting all 17 games, they can make the playoffs? Or, excuse me, not make the playoffs, win the division. Win the division. Let me change that. Win the division. That's what I meant. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think they're a wild card team. I guess I'm not buying. I'm not selling. I'm not leasing this one. I'm going to call you back, right? This is a be back situation. <laughs> um, we have to see how they look in the next three games. Green Bay, Arizona, Seattle, two division games in there and a potential playoff matchup with Green Bay. You have to, uh, you have to come back on this one. You got to be like, hey, look, I like this car right now. I don't like it today. Yeah, 2 0 is cool. Yeah, great. I got good gas mileage. It's efficient. But can it get me to A to B as fast as I wanted to? And that's where we are right now. I am. Set me up for another appointment on this question because 
uh, currently as it sits, I'm not comfortable saying the Niners are going to win the NFC West. I think they have the potential to be a wild card team. I think Matthew Stafford is going to be an MVP candidate. Russell Wilson's always an MVP candidate. Kyler Murray looks outstanding. Um, outside of a few miscues yesterday against the Vikings, Arizona looked really good. Seattle, yes, they lost to Derrick Henry and the Titans, but they were pretty much in control of that game for, you know, what, 35, 40 minutes. Things changed. You know, the Niners almost lost to the Lions. Things happened in the NFL. And then the Rams, Matthew Stafford looks as good as expected. That's why I wanted him in San Francisco. We had, I think we'd have to wait. I, I'd probably wait till like week seven, week eight to make a decision on that because you'll know way more by then. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. Two weeks in, um, I'll, I would probably be back on this situation a lot or I just may buy it because I'm a sales salesman myself and I feel bad and I'm just like, okay, I'll just buy it. I, I know the struggle. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely a situation where you got to, turn back on revisit it at another time maybe you don't have enough for the down payment and you just got to give it a give it a few weeks and and once that paycheck clears and you, all of a sudden your down payment's good now or you got your tax returns it's uh so now you have that down payment you didn't have a couple weeks ago but yeah that that's that's definitely a tough situation to say right now considering there is three teams in the nfc west that is undefeated now I know where I'm at with this guy. I want to know where you're at. Diamador Lenore. He was targeted 11 times yesterday. Gave up four receptions. Take away that 91-yard reception. He only gave up three receptions for 20 yards. You live with that day in and yep. day out. Are you, are you buying, leasing, or selling that Diamador Lenore is – Maybe with Jason Brett down, maybe cornerback one on this team. I am absolutely buying Lenore stock, all of it. I'm I'm all in on this kid. Um, if he doesn't stumble, he probably stays with Watkins on that 91 yard pass. And you said it: four receptions, 111 yards. You take away the 91 yard pass, it's 20 yards on three catches. You take that and you live with that, right? Like, and even with that 91 yard pass, and Irish defense stood up tall and they didn't score. Right. Like that was just another big step there. Lenore to me has earned every he has earned every right to maintain this starting role going forward. Now, next week's a big challenge. Devontae Adams is all pro, probably top two, top three wide receiver in the league. So that's a different challenge. And, you know, the Niners don't switch sides. So you're going to see Adams on one side only or you're going to see Adams a lot on Lenore. I would expect if they don't do that, then that's, you know, that's malpractice by LaFleur. You know what I mean? Like, then you really need to question that head coach. The Niners found something, and another late-round pick has been vital to their success, and I'm all in on this kid, and I think they've changed their philosophy on these long, rangy corners, you know, the Akellos, the Shermans, things like that. The Amador is, what, 5'10"? He's not very big, but he plays big, and that's the best part about it. You know, um, shout-out to our guy, Eric Crocker, something he mentioned to me a long time ago. How does your guy win? And... Diamador Lenore wins at the line of scrimmage. He wins at the point of attack. He's doing a lot of really positive things here. So yeah, I'm buying. You know, sign me up for a 72 month loan on this one. Yeah, I'm I'm down. <laughs> let's uh, let's look at the the other side of the corner. Is Emmanuel mostly back? If not, this is more of a short term view. Are you buying, leasing, or walking on Josh Norman having a valuable game? against the Green Bay Packers. We, you mentioned Devontae Adams, and mm-hmm. Rodgers knows how to find the weakest link of defenses. Josh Norman didn't give up a reception against the Eagles, but he did have two penalties, and both those penalties didn't hurt the 49ers. It, it did bend the defense, but it didn't break it. Are you buying a a valuable game from Josh Norman again to do it again? Obviously, doing it twice is always going to be a lot harder than doing it once. I'm not buying it because I expect Emmanuel Mosley to play. That's really it. Okay. Okay. But if Emmanuel Mosley doesn't play, Mm -hmm. then yes, I think Norman played really good based on the tape. Outside of the two ticky-tack defensive pass interference, he looked fine in coverage, especially with guys who are much faster than him. He is – look, I wasn't very excited to have Josh Norman on the team. 
you know, guys who are in their mid thirties, I don't, you know, it doesn't move the needle for me as a fan anymore. Like, Oh, big names. It, it doesn't matter anymore. Like I've changed my perspective on fandom and how to watch football, but Josh played a hell of a game. He was sticky in coverage, very physical line of scrimmage. He, he knows those things. He has to be that way because otherwise he's going to get beat deep. He's not a four, three, four, four guy. He's more of a four, five, four, six guy. So you need him to play physical like that. So, of course, he might have those ticky-tack defensive pass interference. But otherwise, he played well. To me, it feels like Norman could be just a guy who's going to be the first guy off the bench, along with Drake Kirkpatrick if they need to. Um, but, yeah, I would not buy it for Green Bay. But if we had to put him out there, I'm confident enough to lease this idea that he is going to have a good game against Green Bay. What about Eric Armstead? Are you buying, leasing, or, or walking off? on him to continue this production at least for a substantial amount of time feels troubling to say season because it's a long damn year with an extra game in there but are you confident that he can sustain this success whether he blows up one game or just you know is a guy another game uh looking at it from a full season view are you looking for him to sustain this success as far as being one of the top edge rushers in creating pressures throughout the league, let's go with, say, top 10. Are you expecting right now he's number two behind uh, Max Crosby from the Las Vegas Raiders in total pressure count? Do you think he falls in the top 10 margin? Are you are you buying, leasing, or walking on Eric Armstead being a top 10 pressure creator? Uh, absolutely buying. As long as Kinlaw is healthy, Nick Bosa is healthy, Kevin Gibbons, who... Well, he's hurt right now, but Ken Law, Osa, Ford, as long as those guys are on the line, along the line with him, he's going to have some opportunity to be one-on-one. He's going to have an opportunity to beat guards uh, one-on-one. He's going, to be, he's going to have those opportunities to be there. So, yes, he's going to generate pressure. And people hate, you know, p- people like to uh, dump on the guy for not having a whole bunch of sacks, whatever. But those pressures m- make a, a lot of difference in a lot of games. There was a couple pressures on Sunday that, Forced Hurts to make errant throws, to make bad bad decisions with the ball. You know, Hurts finished twelve of twenty three. You know, and on those some of those pressures, Eric Armstead forced some really errant throws. So that's what you want, right? Sometimes a sack sacks are great, cool, but if you can force an errant throw, force an interception, kind of like what D Ford did with the pressure. Those are much better than sacks. I think we can all agree. A, a pick six is better than a sack. So yeah, I'm buying all that. If as long as he remains healthy. And Nick Bosa remains healthy, and Kinlaw is healthy. Then yes, I, I fully agree that he would be a top pressure guy, and I think he can still be a top pressure guy if one of those other guys go down because he still he did that in 2020. He was still one of the top guys in pressures. He did his thing. You know the sack numbers weren't there, but otherwise I, I thought he had a solid season last year. And he, I think he's off to a really hot start right now. 15 pressures in two games. That's what you want from a guy who's paying you're paying him 17 mil. Let's talk about another edge guy. Uh, someone that the 49ers also paid, obviously not to the extent of Eric Armstead, but the 49ers did go out this offseason and pay a Samson Ebucon. And through two games with the 49ers, Ebucon has seen 22 true pass rushing sets, and he has one quarterback hit, so one pressure total in those 22 quarterback uh, in the <clears throat> true pass sets, excuse me. Uh, when you look at guys like DJ Jones, who's an interior guy, he has one pressure in 13. So that's even better than Abicon. Even Kevin Givens has two pressures. Oh, guess what? Arden Key or uh, Javon Kinlaw has played one game and he has two pressures. So Samson Abicon hasn't been creating any type of pressure on the quarterback. Um, it is very early. Since it is early, I'd like to ask you: Are are you buying stock? of Ebicon turning this train around and starting to create more pressure onto the quarterback because at this rate it is not pretty it is not it is not he's about he's more than 20 percent lower than Eric Armstead at creating pressure to the quarterback buying leasing walking what are you doing here I'm buying because We heard Ibukam, you know, he's still learning how to be a pass rusher, right? And they're using him in this nitro package. They're using him in these stunts. They're using him over at the one technique. They use him at the three technique. They're they're using him as this, like, really unique chess piece. So that's going to come. When he starts to realize or understand his role a little bit better, those other other numbers are going to come. I mean, 
shoot, last week against Detroit, you know, he had that one play. He was in the backfield. He almost took the handoff from Jared Goff, right? I don't know if anyone remembers that in reverse. Like, Mm -hmm. he has the ability to get there. It's going to take some time with him. He was never a natural pass rusher in L.A., and he's learning that now with the Niners. And if he's learning that now, but he's also helping create disruption in the front, and he's not getting the pressure, but he causes – this guard to come off a peel off a block sooner than he needs to be. Cause he has to get it. And here comes Armstead around the other side to take a sack or here comes Nick Bosa. Then it's worth it. Right. And everything else will come after that. So yeah, I'm buying it. I, I like Ebicom's, you know, physical, physical talents and his physical, just overall the way he is, the way he runs, the way he lines up, the way he comes off his blocks. I I'm all in on Ebicom. I, I like this kid. I shouldn't even say kid. I like this guy. I'm not that much older than them. <laughs> Maybe I am probably like ten come years on. older than that. Come on, don't don't age yourself now. Forever young, hobby. <laughs> come on, you're you're only twenty three years old. How many times did you turn twenty three? I'm not sure, but you're still <laughs> good. You're still good for a max deal in my book. Thank you. Uh, let's get out of here, Leo. Niners do play Green Bay Week Three home opener. If you are going, be safe. If you are going, it is the Red Throwback game. Not the whites, the red throwback. So it's going to be a beautiful sight on Sunday Night Football under the lights. First time in Levi's since the NFC Championship game. If you got your throwback jersey, make sure you're wearing it. If you're going to be at Levi's, you know, act appropriately. It's the first time Niners got fans in the stadium. Um, We saw how uh, early on when fans were back in the stands, people were getting a little crazy. So let everyone behave and be good out there. any predictions on the Sunday Night Football game, Leo, before we get out of here? Because I have mine. I'm going to go with the 49ers win, and I'm going to go with a 100-yard game from whoever is the bell cow at running back. I do think they get over 100 yards. I'm tabling that because I want to say carry on Johnson, but I'm saying, Leo, be smart. Don't say carry on <laughs> Johnson. Um, so I'm just going to go with the running back who gets the most carries on the team and to reach over 100 yards. I think we're going to see Ayuk. This game, we're, we're going to be able to say hello. We're not going to shake his hand because of COVID, but we're, we'll be able to say hello to Brandon Ayuk. And I think it's going to be 49ers by three. It's going to be a close game. Both You're going to have to get into the 30s to win this game. Yeah, Niners should be able to score against this Packers defense. I'm going with just a bold take. Trey Lance, two of three, 120 yards passing. Hey, and I'm talking like that. Plays. I don't care. Big plays. Like I used two of three for 120, and those two are humongous gains. By Forty Brandon yards Ayuk. a clip. Forty yards a clip. Two for three, huh? For 120. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I. Hey, I'll, I'm. I'm here for it. I'm here for it's it. Sixty I yards. Right. Sixty yards a clip, bro. Like he's. Yeah. I, I'm I'm here for I'm on the Trey Lance stardom now. I'm tired of watching handcuff football. Let's go, Kyle. Let's go. Rip off the band aid. Let's do this. But yeah, Niners should win. I have it a six point game. Niners are favored by four currently on your betting lines. So if you do wow. bet, Niners are favored by four. So I'm gonna go six point game for the 49ers. This is the Oh hey there. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Javier underscore and follow my guy Leo here at Leo Luna ninety three. And then be sure to follow everything in the Niners Nation Podcast Network. And then, of course, Niners Nation. Subscribe, rate, review wherever you listen to all your podcasts. Five-star reviews are very, very helpful. Help us out. And uh, we will be back after the the, uh, 49ers and Packers game on Sunday Night Football. Until then, everyone stay safe. Enjoy the weekend. Peace.